Good evening, folks. This is Jay from Jay Talk. And of course, we have our wonderful co host, Mr. Surprise, Nick from the Nick Drop. <laughs> Damn, dude, your voice is deep. How you doing today? Doing good, man. I'm doing great. So, yeah. I guess that's what happens when you get sick. Your voice gets a little deeper. <laughs> I guess it's a time where the weather's going up and down. It's hot and cold, hot and cold, hot, you know. Allergies and, yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah, of course, my, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. It's extremely deep. Yeah. So, How's work been going, brother? Work's been good. Work's been good. Just trying to get things knocked out to where I can get back to my normal um, eight to five, you know? Oh, well. It, Every once in a while, you run into those things, those projects, those whatever. It's, you know, you got to put in a little extra hours to get things back to normal. And, you know, I, I can't wait to get back to, to normal. I'm sure my kids can, are excited to get back to normal, too. So Back to square one, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what about you? Well, I, took, I took Monday off, and then Tuesday, I was supposed to go to Sealy, which was an hour and a half away. Right. So... Got up that morning, went to Sealy, got there, and they had canceled the meeting. <laughs> so hour and a half there, sat around, had breakfast because it was in a holiday inn. It's pretty de- decent breakfast too. There you go. Then drove back to work. By the time I got there, man, I was already three hours in and hadn't done anything. It was hard to get motivated. And then, you know, blink of an eye, it was lunchtime, and you know, after that, I tried to get some things going and. Today was the same way. It's like, all right, it's Thursday. I got a half a day tomorrow. I just, I couldn't get motivated. Yeah. You know, so I really didn't get a lot done this week. But yeah, but I you know, know. Every, everybody goes through those days, those weeks, those days, or whatever, where it's like you try to do something to get something done, but for some reason there's something stopping you. And so then oh, you yeah. have to change directions. And then you're like, you know, I tried to get motivated. And just everything stood in my way, and I got nothing accomplished, you know, and it's it's tough. I have those days, too, and you've seen them 20 years ago where it seems like, and the IT people call up and they go, hey, my email's not working, or hey, I can't go this way, you know, whatever their, whatever their situation is. Exactly. And no matter what you do, you can't fix it. Yeah. And then you have days when you walk up and you just touch the mouse and it starts working, you know? Yes, exactly. This week has been like that, but not frustrating to the point. It's just, it's taking a little longer to get to the resolution normally. Yes, exactly. So not being motivated and that happening with it, it's just like... It takes takes it all out of you. Where's Friday at 12 o'clock? Let's just get this week over with, you know, and I'll regroup this weekend. (laughs) I know. Clear my head. I'll be able to think straight next week. Exactly. You're... Because it's it's like if that happens on the Monday, it's just so hard to recover the rest of the week. Because it just seems like your mindset is not quite there. And you just, okay, you make another, you know, there, there's something else you missed. It should have been really simple. You normally would have just gotten in a heartbeat. And it's like, yeah, what wasn't I thinking about that? You know. And see, that's where alcohol comes in. Because <laughs> you can change your whole motif if you just have a few Monday nights. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I have... I just haven't been interested in it lately. Since we had, since we went to Renfest, I hadn't had one 
Tried to drink a beer. I only drank like two or three sips of it, poured it out. That mead got to you. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks to recover. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Okay. So last podcast we did, you said something to me, and it took me by surprise. Oh. And I really got to thinking, am I really? Do I really have that? And it was a joke, so no apologies. We're not going to go through all that. Addiction. But it got me to thinking, and what we're going to talk about today is the definition of addiction. Good. I like that. I'm glad you, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. The definition. What is the definition of addiction? What? And now this is just two old guys talking and what we feel and how we feel and our opinions yes. on what is the definition, our definition of addiction. Right. Okay. Right. So I want you to think about that for a second. I'm actually going to read off the definition of addiction. It's in the dictionary. And while you're doing that, you can think of it and then you can tell me what your thought process is okay. on addiction. Okay. 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 So and, definition and, and let's just say this, folks. Me and Nick are great friends. So he knows, and he said it earlier, he knows I was just teasing him. So oh, absolutely. Don't, don't you get, don't try to drive a wedge between two great friends who, you know, know each other well enough that we know we're not going to. So. Oh, yeah. But it got me really thinking. Right. Because you know, the last relationship I was in, that's all she thought I wanted. And that wasn't it. Right. And I tried to explain that to her, but she, it didn't, she didn't understand. Right. And she really wasn't listening. Of course, she's a narcissist, so it really doesn't matter anymore, right? <laughs> okay, so give me the, de the, the definition of addiction through the dictionary. So the definition of addiction is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Okay. Okay, and it doesn't really get much more detailed into that. Right. So we all know when people are addicted to drugs, they'll beg, borrow, steal, rape, kill, you know, whatever they got to do to right. get their fix. Right. So that is an extreme case of an addiction. Right. So you can be addicted to, and we even kind of talked about it, you can be addicted to working out. You could be addicted to over, over, you know, getting your body in the best possible and never be satisfied and keep working out, you know. Right. Well, it's, um, it's, it's the, the, the happy you know, um, whatever that's released when you work out and people get addicted to that feeling, that happy juice yeah. that gets released. I forgot what it's called right now. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, endorphins. Yeah, the endorphins. Thank you. And adrenaline. Yes, they they do. They get addicted to that. So they want, they're drawn to that. Well, and it's sort of like people who go and skydive. That's an adrenaline rush. And so yes. that they get addicted to that rush. And yep. so people, you know, like roller coaster riders, you know, there are people who are addicted to the rush of a roller coaster. It's, you know, yep. so. I, I am not one of those people, just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> Done my fair share of roller coaster rides. Uh, yeah, I, you're all good, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's scratch that off the bucket list. We're good to go. Yeah, exactly. So what would you, how would you define in situations, what you would consider an addiction or someone that has an addiction. So, and, and I'll describe what 
I would think of as an addiction. Okay. But also then after that, I want to read, okay, because the addiction is part of, I mean, part of that word is addict, you know, addicted. What's the right. true meaning of addicted? Because if you kind of def define that, it helps you define the addiction as well. And so, but, you know, just from me personally, if when somebody says, uh, you know, you have an addiction, I think of, you know, a repeat um, kind of like you can't live without um, situation, you know. And so there are people who there are people who are addicted to alcohol who can't put it down. People are addicted to smoking, can't put it down. OK. Um, there are, you know, I've known friends of mine who did have an addiction to the adrenaline rush of a roller coaster or, you know, anything that was um, extreme, you know, driving fast, fast, cars, yeah, fast, fast car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fast cars, fast motorcycles, fast boats, yes. you know, anything that's going to take them to a uncomfortable level because it gets their heart racing and they love that adrenaline. And so right. that is, that is an addiction. And it's weird because people don't think about it, but did you know that loud music is an addiction? I did not know that. Yeah, because actually if, if it, the, the music, music and bass is loud enough, it can make your heart beat to the bump. And, oh, yeah. and, and then it becomes an addiction because then you're like, okay, you know, I'm feeling it. it feels good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, it, and they really do feel it. So it, it's... You know, so it's anything that I would consider a repetitive kind of nature and something that it's very hard for you to resist. You know, there are people who have eating disorders because they're addicted to food. Right. You know, now that is different, in my opinion, an addiction to food and an emotional support to food is a little different. So, okay. Uh, for me, during the holidays, because of losing Andrew, I, I have a tendency to go to my comfort foods because that's how I deal with my emotional stress. Right. It's not necessarily addiction because I don't. I can walk away from it, and as soon as January generally happens, I, I don't touch the foods. You know, I'm right. back to normal and things are okay. But it's you know, so that's that's different. You know, an emotional whatever. I um, if I was to if somebody was to ask me if I have an addiction, I would say I probably do, but I would have to have someone point it out for me because I don't think about it. Yeah. You know, I don't have any of the normal addictions. How about that? Right. Yeah. You don't. You're not an alcoholic. You're not. You know. Right. Exactly. I, I've never smoked. Drink. I don't do any drugs or anything like that. Exactly. So. Cigarettes are my addiction. I, okay, I can't. I can put them down, but they're it's the easiest thing in the world to pick them back up. Right, but you've done really it, good. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know it's hard, but you've done uh, good. You've had times where you've gone years, years without smoking, and then you know you you may pick up a smoker lately. I think you've been picking up the vape, but you really, I mean, you've done 
you've done really good trying to get away from it, and I and I'm yeah. proud of you for I'm not that. Doing the pack a day thing, you know. Right. Exactly. Right. So, <clears throat> but see, that's still a challenge for something that's an addiction. It's still for you to be able to constantly try to walk away from it. It still shows strength to try to do that. But see, I drink. Okay. But I have my moments of where I'm just not interested in it. And I'll go, I, I'll go months without drinking a beer or drinking, you know, whatever. And I'm not a big liquor drinker, so it's just basically beer. And every once in a while, a glass of wine. But I just get to the point where I'm like, eh, it's not into it. Cigarettes were never like that. Right. Whether I wanted one or not, I was going to smoke one. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. Well, see, you know, I was a pack a day. Yeah. I, I associate like a, a Bud Light, whatever. I think it's Bud Light you drink, right? Yes. Yeah. I associate that with a Coke. So it's funny because there are a lot of people that can't live without a Dr. Pepper or a Coke. So true. Okay. And, you know, but you, you'll drink two beers. You're good. You're done. There yeah. are a lot of people, they go home, they have two Cokes with their dinner or a glass of wine, but they don't have to have it. It's just that's their natural thing to do. You, you yeah. don't have the addiction to where you have to go out and get drunk or anything like that. No, it's just a, this is what I'm drinking with my dinner type thing. This is how I learned to relax. Yes. Yeah. That's the way I was raised. Right. Have a drink, relax. Right. Have a glass of wine, relax. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so, a big difference. So, but I like that analogy. That's really good of you to point that out. You can do right. without the drink. The cigarettes is the one that's troubling. That that is an addiction for right. me. Right. You know, started smoking when I was fifteen, and once you get dug into that, it you it, it in your mind it is your best friend. Right. It's always there for you. It never complains. Never bitches. You know. Right. It, Whatever you, whenever you want it, it's Just, there. Yeah, light it up. You're good. Yep, go. Yeah. When you run, when you can't find any, it's not the cigarettes fault. It's the people that aren't selling it. Yeah. Or exactly. you, in fact, you ain't got no money. Or you know, so <laughs> the cigarettes are really good friends. So <laughs> the the definition of instead of addiction, it says addicted. Physically or mentally dependent upon a particular substance or unable to stop taking it without incurring adverse effects. Okay. So, so can I read you what I found? And it, this yeah, yeah, is it's very ahead. similar to yours. Having an addiction or addicted is exhibiting a compulsive, chronic, Physiological or psychological need for a habit-forming substance, behavior, or activity. Similar things they give, you know, drugs, alcohol, gambling. There are people who have a great one. You know, there are a lot of gamblers who, you know, they're addicted to that rush of that, yeah. And so, you know, it's strongly inclined, inclined to do, use, or indulge in something repeatedly. Yes. Which is, which is essentially what I said a minute ago. It's something that, you know, you do over and over and over. So, I love the uh, informal definition underneath this. It says, enthusiastically 
devoted to a particular thing or activity. Yeah, there you go. I like so that. Anything that you do with that much enthusiasm, yes, it becomes an addiction. Right. So, in my mind, if somebody has a sex addiction, yes, they're going to want to have sex multiple times a day. They don't care who their partner is. Right. And they're not going to stop. Right. Thank God I do not have that addiction. <laughs> I know you don't. I that was really way, teasing you. Way over the top too much for anybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I, I know this is probably not the, the guy that did, um, um, there was, was a TV show. He's done several TV shows, but he did Californication. His name is Dave Duchovny. Okay. And he was going to counseling during the Californication because he had a sex addiction. Oh, okay. <clears throat> he literally, and the movie was all about <laughs> drugs and sex. Right. So, yeah. So he obviously was, was fulfilling that addiction that he had. I don't know if that was good for his therapy. Yeah, but, exactly. And I felt sorry for his wife because I never heard any rumors that he was cheating or none of that stuff. So, you know, his poor wife. Yeah. You know, she was walking bow legged all the time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. She had to have come prepared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because I went and saw my doc buddy and we had dinner the other night and uh, I got to talking to him about addiction and talking about a sex addiction and. He said, "Now this is a this is a a, a doctor, and he does uh, testosterone and estrogen levels and people that are getting older. Low T type does, stuff, yeah, exactly. Low T stuff for for men and women, right? Also does uh, B twelve shots to give you energy. Also does Botox stuff, and he's got a couple other things lined up right. for his business. And we got to talking about it and." He he kind of defined it as kind of the way I did about David, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten times a day. Right. And you can't go without it. And if you don't have a partner, you were gonna rub one out. Right. I mean, yeah. That's the addiction part of it. Right. And he's like, Nick, you're not having you're not even close to having a sex addiction. He says, You are about as normal as they come. And I'm like, why? You know, we got to talking about well, how many times do you want to engage in that activity? Right. If you're not dating anybody and you, you know, you yeah. by yourself, how often do you do that? You know? And so we talked about a few things like that. We don't really need to talk about that on the air. But the average person, in his mind, because of what he does, he's very familiar with the sex life for the people that are coming in. Because right. most of the older people, they've lost that sex drive and they're in that's one of the reasons why they're coming in to see him. Right. Because they want to keep their partner happy or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And when people first start taking the the supplement to do that, sometimes it gets overwhelming where they're like, oh, my God, I got to have it every day. Yes. You know? Yeah. And when they say every day, that would be sex every day, not 10 times a day. Yes. Exactly. You know? And then once they figure out what their levels are, and get their levels right. Yeah. Then he said, average people, two to four times a week. Oh, yeah, that's about right. That's pushy. That's even pushing it in my book. I know, but that that, that sounds right. 
you know, if if I was in a re relationship, it's always new and exciting and fresh and all that stuff in the beginning. So yeah, three or four or five times a week, that's normal. Right. But that's going to start tapering off. Okay. The, ba the bad part about it is in some relationships, it'll taper off to once every six months. Now, that's a problem. Yeah. That's where the addiction part comes into it, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, we were going pretty good at once or twice a week. Yeah. You know, early, once a week. And then we went to once every two weeks and then once a month. And now, you know, oh, time out. Yeah. You know, us men, we need that attention. Right. You know, we need you. We need you. We need to feel wanted by you. I, I will okay. tell you, if a woman is not having sex with her husband at least once a month, it's going to cause a problem in your relationship. Oh, it absolutely. I was married for 20 years. You, same way with you. Yeah. And when it didn't happen, it it got frustrating. Yes. You know, because in my marriage, when it got to that point, I found out about the love language quiz. Yeah. And seven, eight years into our relationship, I found out that her love language was acts of service. Right. Didn't know that. Because all I care about is words of affirmation and physical touch. While, you know, in Quality that time. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm trying to give her those things. <coughs> of course, she is going to college to be a nurse and all that stuff. So I was trying to motivate her and keep her going and do the things that I thought I would want her to do for me. And I was way off base, right? way off base. When I found that out, what I started doing, and it dramatically changed our sex life overnight. I started cooking and cleaning and mopping the floors. And I couldn't do the laundry because we've had that discussion. That was her thing. Don't touch the damn laundry. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But I did everything else. And when I started doing that, it didn't take a couple of days. She was all over me. Good for you. And so, but I mean, but that's that transition where how do you know until you know, and then you find out, and then you you make it work. It didn't last very long, but right. it that was the thing. I was doing it all wrong. Right. Of course, she enjoyed the fact that I said I was wrong, and I I took it. I did not know what your love language was. Right. Now, my love language is, and I told her that, and she goes, oh, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Told the opposite of the, of the words of affirmation. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm right. Well, okay, we're good. You know, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Besides all that. And yeah, then you overlook everything. So, but. Let, let's get back into the addiction part. So your, your doctor well, was telling you, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The average, you know, yeah. two to four times a week, average people even after being married 10, 15, 20 years. Good for you. If they can maintain that level of discipline, structure. Intimacy. And, and intimacy. That's a whole different ballgame between sex and intimacy. I know, but still. 90% of the guys in this world can hit whatever. I mean, just whatever. All right. You know, there are so many women on TikTok going, I'm pretty enough to hook up with me but not pretty enough to date. You know, I've heard a lot of those. I've never through. heard that. Oh, you haven't? No. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of that. I'll start sending them to you when I see them again. Okay. Because it's usually the women that are a little bit more heavy set, and, you know, guys just want to get there, and that's an addiction for them. Yeah. yeah. Is in their mindset, somehow, they want to hit as many as they can hit and brag about it. Right. 
that's that that could be considered an addiction for them. Yes. You know, right. I am not that guy. I have to have an emotional connection before I even come close to doing that. Otherwise, it's not going to be any fun. Okay. You know, have I ever? Yes. I've been in a bar, met a girl, went back, you know, we hooked up. I know. I know. You know, but maybe I can't even count it on one hand how many times that's happened to me in my life. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know where that goes from. I, my doctor looked at me and he goes, Nick, you're about as normal as they come. And I'm like, okay, it's good to know. Because yeah, I didn't exactly. want to have that, you know. Yeah. Good for you. I, I I bow down to the cigarettes because, you know, I got addicted to them and it's part of my life now. You know, it's right. It's a struggle every single day. It's like other things, but yeah. Okay, so you know me pretty well, probably better than most. Yeah. Okay. Except for maybe my ex wife may know me a little bit better than you. I would um, imagine. Well, maybe not lately, but previously. Even you, still, she's seen you naked. I haven't. Oh, that's a fair point. Okay, no, good, no. good call. She, she's got she's got one up on everybody. Yeah. Well, she's not. Well, you know, lifetime you have to dress in the dressing room, so you know it's not like. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just teasing. Um, but no, it's uh, you know, if you think about it, do I have any addictions that you can think of? And and just be honest. If I do, you know, I, I I never even thought about it. But see, that's the thing. That's exactly the thing that I wanted to talk about is when you meet somebody. Yeah. It doesn't take long for you to figure out they have an addiction. It's prominent. It's right in your face. I agree with that. There are certain people that I've met, and I immediately knew they were alcoholics. Okay. Yeah, you know I, I would mean? agree with that. Just immediately, in 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 no time at all, just their mannerisms and the way they talk and the flush look. Right. You know, you start learning what people are looking like, and I can spot them a mile away. Like right. that that person over there wakes up in the morning and turns up a bottle or open. You know. Right. So, do you think the same way about smokers? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I I, I think. There have been a couple of times, a few, that I've been wrong whether somebody smoked or not. But for the most part, I can generally tell if they're either a smoker or an ex-smoker. I don't know. There's just certain things you can... Well, the smell alone is is Yeah, a giveaway. giveaway. Yeah, good point. But for most people, you can immediately tell as soon as they laugh. If you hear my laugh now, you can tell that I smoke. Right. It's kind of got a because raspy laugh. It's raspy and it's hard for me to do it because right. I'm smoking now. My throat's all closed up, you know, and I've had, I haven't even smoked two whole cigarettes today. Right. You know, I got up and had coffee. I smoked a half of one and then I went to work and about an hour later, I smoked the other half and then got, you know, whatever work after lunch, I right. lit one up, put the half out and I hadn't had one yet, you know. So I want to get ready for the podcast. And so I'm not like I used to be. Every time I walk outside, I'd light a cigarette. Right. As much and as hard, as fast as I can puff on it, get out of my system. And like, let's just say, for example, I was just going to run around a corner store and get or go run through a drive through and get food. Right. I smoke a cigarette on the way out, go to the drive through, literally back in five minutes, smoke another one. Right. Eat, smoke. 
maybe smoke two. All right. You know, that's the way it was. <laughs> well, and you used it to smoke Stokies put, too, right? Well, yeah, that's that's a whole different ball game because okay. you don't actually inhale those. Okay. Yeah. When I didn't smoke for the eight years, and every once I, I'd have I'd smoke a cigar, I would inhale a little bit of it. Okay. Just because I guess that was the nature of it. If I, especially if I wasn't paying attention, I'd puff on a little bit and take a big old hit down the throat because it's habit. Yeah. You know, and I just triggered that habit again. I'd choke up because that's that stuff's really harsh for your for your lungs. So you're not supposed cigar to inhale on a cigar? No. No, no. You're just supposed to puff it, put it in your mouth. I mean, you can, like, if you ever watched a guy smoking a cigar, you'll see him puff on it, and then he'll fill his mouth up, and then he'll blow it back out. But before he gets it all out of his mouth, he'll inhale. So he'll get a little bit of that smoke into his lungs. Okay. And that's all you need from a cigar. A cigarette, it would drive a person that's a smoker, crazy, take a puff, blow three quarters of it out, and then inhale. Right. It's wasteful. Right. No. And it's that mindset. Like an alcoholic, they don't just want one drink. Right. They want 10 drinks. Right. And they don't understand why nobody else wants to feel like that. You know? I know. That was on the West Wing. It was the best description of an alcoholic I ever heard. Okay. Interesting. I wish I could have ever got the clip and showed it to you because... He just explained it as perfectly as you could ever explain it. Right, right. You know, they they don't understand. Find, yeah. He said, they said, when did you find out you were an alcoholic? He goes, I, I didn't. I, that's who I am. I'm, I'm addicted to alcohol and pills. He was taking Valium at the time. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, yeah, that, you know. Right. That's crazy. So, okay. So, Back to the question, I really didn't answer your question. I never, nothing ever came to me okay. about you of anything addicting. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything that I would consider in my mind that was an addiction, you don't have any of those traits. You don't have, there's nothing that stands out that says he's got an addiction. Oh. Okay. I'm saying whether mental and physical. Now, mental, since Andrew, that's not, that's a, an addiction to me would be something that something like that wouldn't trigger. Right. You would have already had it. Yeah. Something would happen when you were a child, 15 years old, smoking cigarettes. Right. That I can't get rid of now, and I'm almost 60, right? Right. right. You would have had all that. Right. This manifested itself because of emotional trauma. Right. So right. I, I I never and you you brought that up almost right away, right before we even started podcasting, what, almost two years ago, a little over a year and a half. Right. And I never it never even occurred to me any of that is and quote used it and realized it as an addiction. Right. Yeah, I don't see it as an addiction either. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it there's some emotional trauma, and there are a lot of people that deal with emotional trauma in different ways. And it actually depends on the season for me. Like Christmas and Thanksgiving, it's food because it's so easy that all your favorite foods, all your favorite pies, all your it's just there's so many different things. 
You know, it's right. so easy for that to be. Um, I think during the summer, you know, it's 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 other things. During the fall, it's Renfest. That's my my emotional release. That's my self care because I like I go there and I can let go of the rest of the world and everything around me, and I can just enjoy a good time at a festival. You know, right. and so those are my kind of. Some people may call them emotional crutches, but you have to have something that is a self-care item. You know, you're going to have to deal with your emotional trauma in some way or another. And it doesn't matter whether it is. Some people may think it's positive. Some people may think it's negative. But no matter what it is, it is exactly that. It's an emotional crutch. Yes. Emotional trauma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that trigger that. Yes, there is. And for you, it's holidays. Yes. So, you know, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. That, that to me, is not an addiction. No, it's not. I agree you know, with because, you. Because I've seen you cut back. I've seen you work out, drop weight, you know, and do all the things that, you know, it's not like you're in a rehab, you know, de- you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It, it's not like that. Like, okay, I was addicted to crack cocaine for, you know, 10 years and, now I struggle every day because I want to do crack and, you know, I got, you know, I found this and I found that and I go to church and I do this and I got therapy and, you know, all the things that you need to do. You don't need to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I, that to me is what you have to do to try to control the addiction. Yeah. You're never going to cure it. No. Never going to cure an addiction. That's who you are. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and and I will disagree with you in one aspect. There's a cure out there, but it takes a lot of faith. Well, faith can cure anything, but... It's still tough. People, I'm not saying it's easy. Oh, no. But when people have addictive personalities... <laughs> yes. I'll never forget going to an AA meeting. I know one of my kids. Right. And so they go around the room and there must've been 55, 60 people in there. It was a huge group of people. And they went around the room. (coughs) Hi, I'm Dave. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm right. Samantha. I'm addicted to, you know, whatever. And when they got to me, I said, hi, my name's Nick. I'm here with my son. Her immediate response was, Oh, you're a normie. You know, and you and I've talked about this before. I don't have an addictive personality is basically what she was saying. I know, I know, I know. But see, it, the only reason I made the comment about there's, it's about faith. <coughs> and, you know, this is just me personally. It, not everybody has the same belief, and, and I don't expect you to. But, you know, I still firmly believe that, that you know, God's the, the answer. If you have enough faith, God will deliver you from your addiction doesn't mean and you're right your addictive personality will not go away but i do believe he can deliver you from your addiction and that's just my personal opinion so here i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna expound on that okay so i had a really good friend yes he literally was addicted to drugs okay all of them right okay meth crack pills 
Just <laughs> anything he could get his hands on, that's what he did. Right. In and out of jail, you know. Right. That's rough. Several, you know, until and this man went to college and got a degree and was doing all those drugs. Okay. And going to jail. So he got a degree, all right? So he got a degree in psychology, which is kind of interesting for somebody that's a an addiction. Yeah. Addiction personalities, right? Right. Well, after all that, he finally stepped up one day and he goes, I, I can't do it anymore. Well, he found um a church that's a rehab center. Right. And he poured his whole life into that church. Right. So now his addiction is the church. Is the church. Right. And God. Right. And now even on Facebook, every single day, he puts a, a phrase out from the Bible on Facebook. And he said, this is what, you know, and he's become a pastor. So that addiction he was an extremist with everything. Right. So if he was going to crack, he was going to do it till he couldn't put the thing to, to his mouth anymore. Right. If he drank, he drank until he couldn't lift his arm. Right. To drink more. And now, church, he'll never get enough of it. Right. Well, and he'll I never think, satisfy his addiction. Well, and that's why I said you you never get rid of the addictive personality. But you can be delivered from maybe, maybe I should have said the negative addiction because well, he's put yeah, his faith in God and yeah, he's, he's, he's devoted his life and yeah, he's gotten maybe a little extreme. So he's still got an addiction, but it's got to be a positive, positive yes. way. And, and I like the way you spun that. It, it really is because there are some uh, addictions that aren't necessarily negative. They're just, There's a lot of them. Yeah, they're just addictions. So yeah, yeah. People are addicted to looking in the mirror and wanting to have a perfect body. Well, but if you your addiction to have the perfect body leads you to do like, um, what, what's the girl's uh, disease where they grow up? Anorexia. Anorexia. Belief. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. then it becomes a negative addiction. See, that's well. The, and then you can you can spin it back into a positive addiction <laughs> that. Bodybuilders, right? They'll never be satisfied, but they want the perfect body, right? So they work out seven days a week, and they eat kale, and they do, you know, right? You know, whatever, right? When guys want to bulk up, they're eating fifteen hamburg double meat cheeseburgers, and you know, trying to get all that protein and all that food in. So when they work out, it just loads up their muscles. Yes, and that's an addiction too. No, it it's is. An, it's it's in a positive manner. But it's still an addiction. You start bodybuilding that hard. Yes. You're going to throw down on a stroke or heart attack. You know, you're, you're not going to pay attention. It, you're eating healthy and you're working out to an extreme. Yes. There's limits to everything in this world. Right. You know, you take too many drugs, you're going to overdose and die. You overwork your body. You're going to have a stroke or a heart attack, you know? Right. So that addictive personality can go from one extreme to the other. Right. Whether it's drugs or God, you know, the Lord himself or church, whatever. Right. Right. So yeah. yeah, Positive and negative stuff. Right. So, and the funny thing is, is, you know, it's, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about this. God said everything in moderation and we're talking about addiction. So that's like the whole thing. It's, I just thought it was funny. So that, that's the way I've always wanted to live my life. You see these people that go through these ups and downs, these streams, yes. ups and downs. 
Yeah. You know, they're either extreme high or extreme low. I always wanted to be that middle of the road guy. Right. Even you know, keel, relaxed. Even, yeah. You know, laid back, but yet excited and fun and funny and outgoing. Right. But I, I weren't I wasn't extreme. My my moderation went up and down slowly. High, yeah. Not too high, not too low. You know. Right. I have my down times. I have my up times, but they never were extreme. Right. That's why they call me a normie. Yeah. Because I actually well, talked to the lady. It was pretty funny. That's good. Because I asked her what, what what this is about. Well, you and know, she said that's funny. I, I will tell you, it's interesting. You talk about the highs and the lows because you know. I'm going to mention dating profiles. It is so funny because you get all these people in these dating profiles saying, I want someone who's always positive. That's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not for, I'm not for you. Okay. You know, I'm not a pessimist. I'm not, uh, you know, a positive, overly positive person. I, I, I call myself the realist. Okay. So I'm just like right here. I accept the goods with the bads. Try not to overreact to either. I enjoy the goods. I deal with the bads. They're little dips. But when you get these people who are like the extreme of, of positive, happy, and everything, when something bad happens, they're like the other extreme. It kills them. Yes. And they don't yes. know how to deal with it. And it's just like the end of the world. And, you know, that that's the... That's the hard part. That's why I, when I'm looking for people, I'm looking like you said. I want to be the normie. I want to be the one that's kind of just a dip, you know, just kind of rolling the waves, just kind of ups and downs. Everybody's got them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You got to come home and I've always joked about it. I have a bad day at work. I'm going to come home and vomit all that stuff out. I don't want you to tell me what to do. Or I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me, vomit it all out, and then I feel better. Right. You know. But when I see stuff like that on the profiles, I want somebody that's positive. I've dated people that automatically bring a negative connotation to everything because that's the way they were raised. Yes. So when you're talking to me about a situation, my head's going, how can I fix this? What's a good way in a positive manner? I'm immediately thinking positive response. Right. People that think negative response, when I see those profiles like that, I think they've been with somebody that immediately throws it negative. Right. Like if I bought a jacket to wear. Right. All right. And I like the jacket. It fits good. It feels good. And I walk up to whoever I'm dating and they go, uh, it's a little long or man, those sleeves need to be. Why what did why, why did you get it with that pocket? That pocket looks weird. <laughs> that's puffing at it negatively. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I've dated people that are like that. Now, you can come at that in a I'm whole sorry, I'm not manner. trying to laugh. It's just funny. But that's yeah. it is funny because it's like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm I like the jacket. I bought it. I spent a lot of money on it. And yes, it's not a perfect fit, but they can come at it on a positive manner and go, babe, that looks awesome on you says, you know what I'd like to do? I'd really like to take you down and get that sleeve just moved up about a half an inch because right. you're and make you look even better. Right. Now they said the same thing. The end result's the same, but they said it in a positive spin versus a negative spin. Right. Right. 
whole different ball game. When I see those profiles, that's what I think of when they say positive. <laughs> and see, I would be the realist. I would be the guy to be like, dude, that jacket, it's looking pretty sweet. So if you took it down and got it adjusted on the sleeves, that would even look better. Exactly right. But you said it positively. Right. It, well, but it was a realistic way of looking at it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, and that's how I look at it. Maybe, maybe you say it's a positive way of looking at it, but it, for me, it's a realist function. Yes, it looks good. Yes, you need to get the sleeves fixed. That's how my brain works. But you could have went, you know, that jacket would look better on you if. Oh, no, no. See, that's, that's, that's not. No. No, no, no. That's no. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, no. Coming at it, you're, you're saying the same thing, but one's negative and one's positive. Yeah. Immediately, if I start being around people that are, that you can, that you can spot almost instantly on people. Well, and that's a fair point. Okay. I that agree with that. Two minutes. Yeah. yeah. yeah Doesn't yeah. take you two minutes. Right. Like, I was texting somebody that has an iPhone and I had an Android. Right. And it worked for some reason. I even told you that today. My phone's not working when I'm in the building anymore. I don't right. know why. Right. It stopped a couple weeks ago. I texted somebody else and I said, Are those text messages coming through? Because they look like they're failing. Right. And her response is, Oh, my phone only likes iPhones. Uh, okay. What the hell is that? <laughs> what does that got to do with the price? But it was a negative shot at the fact that I had an angel. Oh, Lord have mercy. I know. I'm more sensitive to it now. I know. I'm like, I know. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I got a, sh- a story to show. I mean, a, a story to share. I love it. See, that's how I love it. <laughs> okay, this has nothing to do with addiction, folks. We're going to go off the rails here because this is going to be hilarious. Okay. Oh, no, I'm gonna make it about it. We'll, we can do it. You can, can figure it out a way. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's gonna be hilarious because I like the way we were talking about positive negative. We've kind of spun off the addiction and gone into positive negative. I just want to share this from with you because it is really hilarious. Because um, one of the people I I work with is a big Android guy, and of course he's constantly, constantly bashing iPhone. Okay, right. always some negative comment about an iPhone. We're sitting in a meeting one time, and he was trying to do something, and he's literally like, hey, guys, have you guys ever figured out how to do this, this, and this? And I'm not lying. Me and the other guy in the meeting, we are like, yeah, if you go here, go here, and do this, it works just fine. And he's like, I don't see that. And we were like, oh, that's right. You have an Android. <laughs> right? <laughs> so folks watch how you act because paybacks and karma can get you and so going to get you. but you know we See, weren't we weren't like super negative we didn't bash the android we weren't really saying you know we hate androids we weren't saying they were useless we were just saying that functionality was missing because you didn't have you didn't we were on an iphone and you were on an android it, or it we, takes we were teasing steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it was more of a tease more than anything. But you know, that's the big thing is is you really have to. But you know, I I I just thought about this. What if those people are addicted to the feeling they get of seeing your expression when they tell you something negative? Yep. Exactly what because they want. It's the action, right? Because if you're addicted to an action, 
and addicted to a feeling. You know, some people are addicted to tearing other people down. Yes, they are. And they that's a learned skill. Yes. They ra- they were raised up watching their parents do that. Or or surrounding themselves with friends who do that. And do you realize that people get more of a rise out of other people when they come at them negatively as opposed to positively? Oh, 100%. People that are positive, they're healed. They're not extreme. Negative people want to kick you in the dirt because if you're a positive person and somebody kicks you in the dirt, what are you going to do? You're going to struggle to get back up there. Right. That's what they love. Right. And unfortunately, right. Narcissists, I'm telling you, I've learned a lot. Well, and you know, the, the, the key there is, is one thing if I can teach it to my kids is the greatest feeling sometimes is to not give them that pleasure. Yep. You know, don't, don't let them, don't give them that pleasure. Don't give them that, you know, they're always going to have opportunities. Just don't give them the pleasure. You know, practical jokers. Yes. Now they love that. They love that. But see, now I will say most practical jokers aren't out to hurt. They're just out to have embarrass. Embarrass. Yeah. Which can be hurtful in a way, but there there's an extreme. I, I think, you know, that's kind of a tough call because there are a lot of positive practical jokers who are actually just looking to have fun and make their friends laugh. Right, but they have limits on their practical joking. Well, they, they have an addiction, but they respect boundaries, I think, is a great way to put it. We've talked about boundaries on this podcast a yes. lot. Yes, so. they know their boundaries. When they go over their boundaries, now they're just looking to get a rise out of you. Right. Like we had, uh, My whole life, through <laughs> high school, through all the years of skiing, we always had the negative practical joker. You know, like oh, yeah. we would say, oh, man, you know, Met this girl in the park or something, and we're gonna—I'm gonna go meet her at this little restaurant. So, and you're telling all your buddies this, right? So, and the ones that are your good friends are excited for you because they know you've been working to try to get this girl to meet you out right. on a date, right? And one of the guys, this honest to God happened to me. Got off work, showered, got dressed, put on some nice clothes, actually ironed the shirt. Really didn't need to do that, but I did. As soon as I stepped out of the ski stadium, he was above me and dumped a bucket of water on my head. Okay. I had hair back then, so I styled my hair. Right, right. I had to go back (laughs) in, redry my hair, you know, dry my clothes, that kind of stuff. Why? You saw me excited about something that I've been working towards. Right. Because I've been wanting to meet this girl and get to know her. That's just jealousy. And you can destroy that. That's just you know? green machine. And he was our number one practical joker. Yeah. You know, he was just jealous. Extreme. Oh well, you know, I don't see why, but whatever. Yeah. Just saying the fact that this guy was six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes from Sweden. I know. Had an accent. His girlfriend could have been on the cover of any magazine. Right. And he's pranking little old me. Right. Anyway, because so, you're you're a normie. I'm a normie. He was jealous of the normie. Didn't like it. Yeah. Wife didn't give him any the night before. Maybe that's the problem. uh, You'd be surprised. People get jealous over the craziest things. 
I know. I've been I I was wasn't really paying attention to the TV the other day, and they have I'm a stalker. And and people stalk other people for just the weirdest reasons, and it's jealousy mainly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I. Why would you make a show out of that? So you're making a. Oh, there's like eight of them. It's like a whole season of people that are jailed for stalking. Oh, okay. Well, at least they're jailed. So, okay. That's but, an addiction. Yes, that is an addiction. But, you know, my thing, my, it, it goes back to people making shows and bringing these horrible things into a, what I call a positive light. They're like, oh, this is really cool. You can get on TV if you stalk someone. Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, come on. These people don't deserve that 15 minutes worth of fame. I don't care what they say. And speaking about that, generation, generations, different generations have different addiction? entertainment differently. <laughs> the generation underneath you, like my kids, yeah, it is the funniest thing in the world for seeing a kid literally break his leg in a video. Yes. Like skateboarding and fall and break his ankle, his ankle's all twisted up. They think that's hilarious. Right. Or seeing people get knocked out or big fight. They think that's funny. Right. Whacked Out like, Sports is one of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. But even Whacked Out Sports, they make it funny. They don't show the broken legs and the broken bones and the people. And, and actually, most of the time, they tell you that these guys didn't suffer any major you know, yeah. injuries. It, it's just funny crashes and stuff like that. Yeah, see, yeah. They wouldn't like that. Yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't like whacked out sports because they want to see the broken the, bone, the bone sticking out of the skin. Ooh. And then they laugh about it. Yeah. No. Like what? Yeah. Of course I joked about the Gen X people because I'm a baby boomer and it's not the Gen X people. It's the ones after them, Gen Y or whatever. I don't Millennials know. or Gen Ys Millennials. or whatever. Yeah, Millennials. exactly. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, millennials out there, bring it. Yeah, exactly. Can't beat the baby boomers, and and secondly would be Gen X. So yeah, Gen Xs are pretty pretty tough. Let's let's just be honest. And baby boomers were too, but Gen Xers were pretty tough. So and you guys grew up as babies in the late eighties, in the eighties, early eighties, seventies. Oh, I was. I guess I was. I was a teenager in the seventies. Yeah, late seventies. You were a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. 63, 73, 83. 75, 75. I yeah, was there you go. Yeah. Halfway through 75, and you weren't a teenager until the 80s. Yeah, 84. Yeah. 84. High school in 81. I know. I know. That's awesome. That's funny. So, yeah. That's why I won't ever date anybody that's born in the 80s or above. Really? <laughs> You're so hilarious. That's not true. That's happened, but yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, no, okay. But addiction. Yes. You know, narcissism. Okay. I would. It, it's got to be categorized in there somewhere. Okay. ADHD. Well, and see, know, that's my hard part about the ADHD and maybe to an extent narcissism, to an extent not. Um, they have identified those as mental health, you know, you know, physiological kind of mental health conditions. Right. You know, um, I don't necessarily that I think you can attribute 
those as addictions, that doesn't mean that they don't enhance addiction. Good point. But flip it. Okay. So uh, I just lost my train of thought. Those wouldn't be considered addictions, but they contribute to an addicting personality. Yeah, okay, that's there you go. Is that what you're yeah. trying to look for? I, yeah, I was trying to look for. You're saying yeah, maybe it'll come back to me. But that was it. Okay. That was basically okay. Yeah, it intensifies the fact that you have an addictive personality. But I also think that having an addiction is some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain. Right. Maybe. Right. Right. What is it that makes you want to the extreme? Yes. That's a fair you know point. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't, you know. You know, and the there's funny, gotta be <clears throat> it's funny though, we talk about this. I was thinking about this and I it didn't dawn on me, but these days kids are addicted to their phones. They can't put them down. Ninety uh, percent of the population is addicted to their phones. <laughs> My mother is eighty years old and posts more on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> no. But yeah, my mom is the the Facebook ninja. I I agree with you. Yeah, I, that's what we call her, the Facebook, because you can post something and in seconds she's already got a a like or a response yeah, or whatever. Looking. Yeah. So you know that phone is real close and charged up. Exactly. Yeah, that's my mom. That's my and I'm. That, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the world we live in. Yes, that's how it is. Yes, but the problem is now. See, for me, I I can tell you, my phone is not my addiction. Okay. I honestly, there are days when I don't want any have anything to do with that damn thing. I right. I really I just want to put it. And and just go away and not have to, I don't want to hear the I don't want to hear any text. I want to unplug from the world, you know. So for me, the the reason I have a phone is for family, friends, and work. My family, yep. friends need to get a hold of me or work. Yes, I got my work email. Yes, I have some games on there, but it's not like I have to ha play those games all the time. Right. What do you do with your phone when you go on a date? Where's the phone? Um, it all depends on the restaurant. Okay. 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 So, and hear me out, and and I have a legitimate reason. No, I'm I'm good with it. Okay. If it's a quiet restaurant, and it's you know really kind of cool, laid back, or whatever, even you know more, you know, kind of a nice restaurant, my phone is in its clip on my side, and that's where, that's where it stays. Okay. Right. If we go to somewhere like Papacitos, everybody's loud. There's a lot of music going on. Um, you know, they're always coming out and singing happy birthday to somebody. I mean, it's just, it's obnoxiously loud. My right. phone is sitting on that table. And I face know it's up, face down. Most of the time, I will say face down. If I'm wearing my watch, it's face down. If I'm not wearing my watch, it's face up. Okay, and the reason I say that is, is because if it's too loud to where I can't hear the ringer and my kid calls, I got a problem. Okay? Right. No offense. I know no, the date's important. It, yeah. Yeah. If I had a kid under 18, 
I would do the same thing. Right. And so, and I think those are legitimate reasons. It depends on the atmosphere, you know, and where you are at. You know, if you're in a quiet place to where you can still hear it, leave it on my hip. I don't need to touch it. I'm not worried about it because I can hear the ring. But I think it's a valid point. If you're somewhere where it's just too loud, I, you know, and that's, that's my whole thing. The woman may not understand. Most of the time when I get to the restaurant, I will tell them, look, I'm, I'm just laying my phone here just in case my kid calls. I can't hear it in the restaurant if it's on my side. Right. The minute they know that you have a young child and somebody's watching the child, they're going to understand that. Yeah. So not I mean, all women. Face, not, well, not all, but they should understand that. I, I agree they should, but like I've dated some women who don't have children who don't quite get it. They say they well, understand, but they don't quite get it. Never, never will until you have kids. Yes. That's always <laughs> a red flag for a lot of people. For a woman that's in her 40s or 50s, Yes, and she doesn't have any kids, that's, it's a hard thing for them to understand. Yes. If, if they could ever. Yes, I know. So I've left my phone in the car, in the truck. Okay. On dates. Or well, but, it's in my pocket with the sound off. But see, that's you don't have to worry about. That's the exactly. key point. You can actually unplug and not be worried, not be stressed out about that. See, and now I'm going to immediately check it the second I get in the truck. Right. In case my mother called or my sister, you know, one of my family members, something's up. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, no, I, I would, I've. And I've seen TikToks where they say, if you put your phone on the table face down, that means you're hiding something and it's a first date. That's not a good sign. Right. You know, keep it in your pocket or don't bring it if you can. Right. And you know what? I understand their point. I don't care. I always explain myself and tell them why, you know? Yeah, but that would make sense to me if I went on a date with the woman and she's like... I really don't normally do this, but my phone's going to be face down on the table because babysitter's yeah. there, and if anything happens, it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would have moved on the minute she said, I have a kid and he needs to be taken care of. Right. I would be, I, I would sit down. If we talked about it, say, hey, let me get a babysitter and we'll go out Friday night. Right. We sit down for dinner and I don't see your phone. I'm going to go, where's your phone? Right. Get it out. Cause in, Put it face down. I don't care if you're talking to whatever. It's right. the first day. Right. Something happens to your kid. We got to get up and go. That's, you know. Right. But see, that's, 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 that's the, that goes back to communication, setting the boundary. Understanding, yes. you know, kind of where you're at. You know, the boundary is, is I'm not putting my phone to where I can't see it. Sorry. My kid's right. important to me. But communication, like you said, most um, almost all my dates, they all know I have a young kid. I never have ever had to ever explain that. As soon as I pull my phone and lay it down on the table, they don't say anything at all. It has never been a negative thing. So and see, that's that's where you that's another one of those key points of negative versus positive. If you see them roll their eyes or do something negatively, yes. Don't order a steak. Order an appetizer. <laughs> we'll just have coffee. 
yeah. black no cream or sugar because yeah. it cost us yeah exactly oh my god that's funny so <laughs> yeah i wanted to I, I wanted to clear in my mind and i wanted to really have this good conversation about addiction because it as funny as it was and it is funny but it's the second time somebody said it to me oh really yes oh and so when you hear it once it's funny laughing when you hear it twice it's like okay wait we need to back up because your definition my definition of a sex addiction is got to be different oh i was no? really just teasing you because in my opinion when i look at a sex addiction i'm thinking porn star oh well you know I would if I had to write a <laughs> whatever. Shut up. <laughs> and see, that's really and, and that's really funny because those people are only doing that to make money. Ninety-nine percent of them are narcissistic, and all they care about is making money. Well, but a lot of them care about having sex too. So yeah, but if you ever listen to any of the interviews of those men and women, right? They don't enjoy it. It's all about filming it's not about the sex you know okay. I'll, I'll bet you most of the porn stars that are multi-millionaires yeah i'll tell you usually don't have an o during during any of my well i guess i understand that it's just still ugh. yeah I, well, I, and point? i get that yeah yeah i'm not trying to defend what they do or how they do no no, no i know i know I'm defending the characteristics of what it's all about. I know. I, I was just making the comment when I think of, you know, I think of, because it's, you know, that's, that's just what you, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I don't know of anyone really in my life who's got a sex addiction. Let's just be honest. I, well, no, I've no, seen no. a TikTok. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I know one person and you know him too, because you told me about him. Oh. <laughs> okay. You mean it? Somebody who goes out to bars and takes a pill and has to have three different women that night? Or does. Yes. Does that sound like a sex addiction? See, and that's a good question because it probably is, but I think I, you're right. It, I, I can't. It's a, he needs that, that attention. Yes. That, I conquered you right. that adrenaline that so yeah that I guess that would you could categorize an attention uh, yeah an attention ad addiction yeah exactly yeah. yeah so yeah 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 we're not gonna mention the guy's name because no no know. no I, I see I I danced around it really well you're good I'm proud of you proud of <laughs> I, I try my best not to put time frames and names into these situations. Yeah, I know, I know. I've changed up a little bit because I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Now, his feelings, I don't give a damn. I, I know, you know but, but you know what I mean. Else. I'm trying to be respectful of people. So, but, you know, it was interesting. Now, I will tell you, I thought about this. As we're coming, having this conversation, I, I don't know if you were ready to move on, but I actually thought about this. And my kids would tell you that I do have an addiction. And it's it's not a true addiction in the normal sense of the word, but <coughs> my kids will tell you I have an anime addiction. Well, wouldn't that just be an overall TV addiction and your focal point is anime? Yeah, you could call it that, I guess. But, you know, I don't have to watch anime all the time. I like to flip, and it's... 
I don't call it an addiction. It's a relaxing, but I don't have to do TV. I could do, I could come over here and sit in front of the computer and play a few games or I can fiddle with this or I'll go in the garage and fiddle with that. You know, so that's why I don't necessarily think it's an addiction. I just find it funny because my kids will tell you that I have an anime and addiction. See, that is funny. It's funny because when you said, what what addictions do I see that you have? Right. I come into your house, you're not wearing anime clothes. Oh. And tattooing anime things on your body. And constantly researching anime. And anime's on your computer screen and on the TV screen and books on the table. And book. you have some books on anime. Right. But your backgrounds aren't, you know what I mean? Right. That to me. If you're addicted to it, you're going to be wearing T-shirts. You're going to be wearing hats, socks, shoes, pants with anime, and you're going to be dressing up as an anime as your cosplay kind of thing. Mm. You know, I, I do have T-shirts, so you know. I've never seen you wear one. Yeah, I wear my Naruto T-shirt on the I podcast every once in a while. Yeah, but I can't see it. All oh. I see is your shoulders. You know what I mean? Right, right. So and today, really- today I'm wearing the Flash. Okay, yeah. so here's the deal. Right. So do I have an addiction? Harley Davidson. No. Got about 75 of these t-shirts that were giving, most of them were given to me. Right. So do I, you know, I don't even think that riding the motorcycle is addiction for you. I think it's just a self-care item, a mental health self-care item. Right. Okay. Just, just like you're watching anime. Right. Because you don't take it to the extreme. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So I, I will I will agree with you on that one. I do wear, and folks, I will be first to admit it, I do have two anime t-shirts, but they were six bucks at Walmart. I care. <laughs> do you have anime underwear? No. Then you're not addicted. I know. Exactly. <laughs> and no, I've never tried to oh dress up. Oh, my God. Up. If you just said yes, I'd have cut the podcast off right then and yeah, there. Yeah, that was it, right? No. And I don't have, I don't dress up as anime characters. I mean, when I go I to. that he's going to crack up. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's Now he's got a visual. Yeah, exactly. And underwear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're hilarious. But but no, that, it, that that is funny. That's a great point, though. But, you know, there are people who have extreme obsessions with like okay star wars um yes. you know little what is it my little pony um uh, is another one it, it's an extreme obsession you know right. i used to know a guy who was had an addiction to the big pittsburgh steelers and, he, and you walk in his house and he didn't even have to say anything and oh, you know oh no 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 in his cubicle at work Oh, there you go. He had 35 items of Pittsburgh Steelers. So he had a a cereal box with the Pittsburgh Steelers on it. I mean, he just, it was like all all this crap. And it's just like, okay, I can't imagine if this was his cubicle at work. What's his house look like? Right. Yeah. So Shrine. (laughs) I know, right? Exactly. So he had a shrine to Ben. Anyway. I've seen people addicted to a specific Vehicle, Mustangs, right. Corvettes, Camaros, you know, Broncos, you good, know. Good call, yes. And they've got they've got Tinker Toys, you know, and, and all scattered all over the house. And they've got a Ford mural or a Chevy mural painted on their wall in their garage. Oh my God, you know. Baseball card collectors. Uh, 
Absolutely. <laughs> I know a guy who probably has over 5 million baseball cards. See, yeah. Yeah. Every paycheck for 35 years working at SeaWorld as an announcer, every paycheck he went out and bought two to five of the gum yeah. baseball cards, and he started boxing them, categorizing them, and in his second bedroom of his house, the closet is completely full to the ceiling. Right. Baseball cards. I actually saw a picture of a guy that has two entire walls of a bedroom filled with baseball cards. Wow. Boxed up, not on display, in boxes. Oh my God. That's this guy. The boxes were probably, yeah. I don't know. They were bigger than an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Right. You know, and yeah. as tall as the card standing up. Right. He had somebody offer him over $800,000 for his collection, and he said no. Right. Exactly. Well, he's retiring. He's retiring like this week. Right. He, he might be taking up on that offer. You never know. Exactly. Yeah. But see, yeah. that's the problem is, is how do you re- let go of that if that's your di- addiction? Having those. Yes. Because, you know, it was probably an addiction for him to open those cards. And to, it was. And, you know. Never even chewed the gum. Right. Never exactly. Wanted he wanted look. to see. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God, I got this card. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. This card is worth 27 cents if I sold it right now. And yeah. excited about it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And he was he's an awesome guy. Right. So, yeah. He'd right. throw the gum away and throw the wrappers away. And he would categorize them and spend right. all weekend making sure they were all organized and. Right. God forbid if there was a, a fire in his apartment or a water leak and it got on one of the boxes, oh, he was freaking out. Right. Freaking out. I can imagine. But, you yeah. know, the funny thing is, is as long as he didn't let that interfere with the rest of his life, I don't necessarily know that that was a bad addiction. It, you know? It, I would say it's a positive one. Right. Because, because he's been married to the same woman for the entire 35 years. See, then there you go. So he was taking care of his bills. He was taking care of his family. He just had, yep. you know, he liked his baseball cards. Yep. And that was his hobby. And she loved it because where was he not? At Running a bar the or at another woman's house or anything like that. Driving his sports car around. <laughs> exactly. In his room, messing with baseball cards. Exactly. She was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> There and she, his wife is an amazing woman. Really good. is. They're good people. He's retiring, shitbird. I know. I know. Okay, so we're we're at an hour and fourteen, dude. We we just yeah, we gotta... yeah the addiction kind of went over the, the 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 time limit here, but it's yeah, a but it's, very it's a big deal, man. It really it's a is. Big... So sorry, finish it what you're saying. All of our lives, positively and negatively, and the negatively is double bad. Yeah. I will agree with you know, that. Yeah. It is bad, bad, bad. Well, and and you know, the the problem is the the negative addictions have a tendency to tear people down and tear people apart. And the people around them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um and and it tears families apart, not just husband and wives, but children and parents and brothers and sisters and does you know it really it, it's a tough thing to, to deal with so it's a great topic dude you know you kind of threw that curve at me but i'm i'm it kind of it was a surprise today i like it i i, I really did i like this episode and and i 
I think the the fans will will enjoy this one as well. Um, I am going to say my final words, but we're going to, since this is Nick's idea, we're going to let him close out the show with his final words, but I'm just, no, 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 no. we're going to, no, no, we're going to do it. So (laughs) my last words is I love you, man. And thanks for the great idea tonight. And back to you. Give your final words. Well, I love you, brother. And this addiction thing kind of hit me. Not only just the the one portion of it, but the overall total of what addiction does in a positive and negative way. Negative way is really bad to spin because it, it's so painful. People. Yes. So stay out there. This is just a couple of guys with their opinions. We're not experts or anything, but send us an email. Talk to us. Let us know if you have a question or we didn't we didn't focus on some point. Maybe we can bring it back up again. But everybody take care and we love you and say the same thing. Keep following. Keep listening.